Major League Soccer's transfer window is closed, but the league is still firing out newsworthy bullets like nobody's business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're diving into a number of newsworthy topics from around Major League Soccer. We're going to talk about the Portland Timbers letting Gio Savarese go. We're going to talk about Toronto FC's coaching search and a big-time transfer going out from Major League Soccer to the Premier League. We'll get to all that in just 10 minutes or less, because here on the Backheeled Show, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer. All right, folks, let's get into one of the most recent pieces of news in Major League Soccer. It's the Portland Timbers' decision to fire Gio Savarese. Now, this is coming after Portland's 5-0 loss to the Houston Dynamo on Sunday. Not a good result for them in what has been a season filled with poor results for the Portland Timbers. The Timbers are currently 12th in the Western Conference. That's second to last out West. They're averaging just over one point per game. They have not been good. And Gio Savarese has been the man trying to lead them through this mire of a season. Now, Savarese has had some real success with Portland. He had some real success with Portland. Made it to two different MLS Cups. Made it with the Timbers in 2018, where they lost to Atlanta United. And then again in 2021, when they lost at home to New York City FC. Savarese did some good stuff, but... It feels like this was time, maybe even a little past time at this point. Since 2018, if you toss out 2020 really as the the prime COVID year, Savarese and Portland only finished higher than fourth in the Western Conference one time. 12th this year when he left the team, 8th last year, 4th in 2021, 6th in 2019, and 5th in 2018. Now for the record, they did finish third in 2020. They won the MLS's back tournament, but everything was so weird that year that I am genuinely willing to toss that aside, and, and apologies to Savarese and, and Timbers fans. The Timbers just haven't been good, and this season has not been what they would have wanted after going out and making a club record deal to acquire Evander from FC Midtjylland over in Denmark. Now, Evander's been hurt. They've dealt with some other injuries as well. Savarese hasn't had his full deck, didn't have his full deck for the majority of this season, but when you watch these Timbers teams play, and I think this has been true for a long time, when you watch these Timbers teams play, when you watch Savarese's teams play, it is hard to see a team that is coming together to become something more than the sum of their parts. They have a very simple and at times ineffective tactical approach, usually playing out of a 4-4-2, sometimes a back three, but there's no attacking structure. There are no pre-planned movements in possession. They're trying to flow through individual players, and their team is defined by individual players. And this is where Savarese let himself down a bit because when you look at the Timbers roster, Everybody can see that it's not good enough to rely on individual players. Now, there was blame that should go to the front office, and I'll talk about that in just a second, for their lack of talent. Not that there aren't some match winners, but you get the idea. They're not on talent as good as LAFC or even as good as Seattle or Cincinnati or Columbus or Philadelphia or New England. You can run through the list of teams that that Portland really pale in comparison to on talent. Severace never tried to make that talent with some sort of tactical approach other than, you know, a mid-block and trying to attack and transition when we can and play through our number 10, back when it was Valeri or Blanco and now Evander. It was all individuals, and Portland just don't have the quality now, maybe in the way that they did before with some of the best players in midfield, running the show for the Timbers in Valeri, in Blanco, in a, a slightly younger version of Diego Chara, 
you just don't have the quality now to get by that way. And, and this is where I will put some blame on Severese. And now we'll transition into the front office. The Timbers have been a mess organizationally for a while. Merritt Paulson, still the owner of this team. And there have been legal issues and a bunch of other problems in recent years with his tenure in charge of the Portland Timbers. There's been some chaos with the GM position. Now Ned Gravaboy in charge. And, and there have been some good moves and there have been some, some positive moments for this club. I'm not trying to chalk up all of Severese's time as a failure, but I think it's important when we talk about what needs to change for the Timbers to look broader than just a managerial change, which is in some ways just kind of slapping a new cover on a book, right? It's not ultimately what tells all of the story. It will give you an impression of how the team, how the book wants to be read, how the team wants to play. It will give you some information and it will influence your experience. It will influence the quality of the team, but it is not the defining trait. That would be putting a roster of really talented players together. That's how LAFC have had success. That's now how FC Cincinnati are having success. That's how the best teams win games is with really, really good players. And the Timbers, Severace or not, just don't have those players right now. So a necessary start to change in Portland with Gio Severace getting fired, not necessarily the end of needed change up in the Pacific Northwest. That's the Portland Timbers. Let's move on to chat about a reported option to fill Toronto FC's managerial vacancy. That's John Herdman. The Athletic reported Tom Bogart and Joshua Cloak reported that Toronto are very interested in John Herdman and that he is the front runner to become the permanent replacement as much as managers and soccer are ever permanent, I guess, to Bob Bradley, who was fired earlier on this season with a ton of problems going on behind the scenes. I like John Herdman as a coach. He seems like a really engaging guy, had a lot of success with Canada and has coached in a number of different, very intriguing positions at the international level. He's never been in charge of a club team before. And, and at some point, you got to have your first step, right? I'm not saying that coaches should never make that transition from country to club, but the issue for Herdman is he's never done that and he's not going into the stable environment that you would want to go into as a first-time head coach of a big club, at least by Major League Soccer standards. He's coming into, instead... A club still in relative chaos. A club that's trying to rebuild in the middle of a season. Mark anthony Kay is gone. Matt Hedges is gone. Richie Larea is gone. All of those players left in the summer transfer window. They've added Franco Ibarra and Latif Blessing as destroyers in midfield to try and give them some grit to get through the rest of this season. But they're just kind of biding time until they figure out what to do with Federico Bernadeschi and Lorenzo Insigne. Players that have been busts in their MLS careers so far after really, really high, justifiably high expectations for them in Major League Soccer. There are just so many moving pieces and parts, and you couple that with the fact that there's a new general manager in Toronto and Jason Hernandez, who's been in the organization for a while and, and certainly has experience in Major League Soccer, but adding Herdman to that group doesn't feel like setting anybody up for success in any real way. If I'm Toronto, I'm looking somewhere else. I'm looking to someone who's coached at the club level before, not just with New Zealand's women's team, Canada's women's team, and now Canada's men's team. Lots of issues across the board for Toronto right now. We'll monitor that situation to see what happens next for Toronto FC. The last thing we're going to talk about on today's show is Georgie Petrovic's reported move to Chelsea. It seems like this deal is going through. Tom Bogert's been on it. Fabrizio Romano's been on it. Everybody's been on it. Chelsea are looking for New England's goalkeeper. Petrovic is a 23-year-old Serbian international. He's the real deal, folks. He's the best shot stopper in Major League Soccer history. He was brought in to replace Matt Turner when Turner was getting ready to move to Arsenal. And it felt like, okay, we're going to see a little bit of a drop-off because Matt Turner is probably the best shot stopper not named Georgie Petrovic in MLS history. And we all thought, okay, it'll take some time to adjust and, and the Revs will sort of flatten out eventually and they'll just get a little less production out of their goalkeeper. Not the case. Petrovic came in and was fantastic last year, saved the Revs 10 goals more than expected 
from American Soccer Analysis. That's where I pulled that stat. He was absolutely unbelievable. He's been one of the best three-shot stoppers in MLS this year after Roman Berkey. And Daniel from San Jose, six foot four, good frame, good build, can claim crosses, very, very rangy, makes good decisions, gets a lot of his 1v1s right, uh, has really quick reaction times, claims the ball well, doesn't really parry the ball back into the fray, but instead either claims it or pushes it to the side to deny easy rebounds. He just does so much good stuff. Again, just 23 years old. This is a smart signing for Chelsea. It's a really good move for them, a player that could legitimately compete for starting minutes between now and the end of this Premier League season as he continues to get a bit better with his feet and as he adjusts to a new level and and different kinds of movements coming at him from opposing attacking units. But he's really, really good. For the Revs, it's kind of a no-brainer. You can't hold back a player from a move like this. It does feel like, though, that New England are continuing to take hit after hit after hit every time they become competitive, every time they win a trophy like the Shield that they won a couple of years ago. The squad kind of gets dismantled, and Buchanan leaves, and Buxa leaves, and Turner leaves, and now Georgie Petrovic leaves, and New England are still towards the top of the Eastern Conference. They're going to find a replacement, but it's not going to be the same as Georgie Petrovic, and their trophy chances with this move going through certainly take a hit. So that's a little roundup of Major League Soccer news and notes. We'll be back with plenty more coverage of Major League Soccer between now and the end of the season and beyond. And if you're looking for more American soccer coverage, go check out Backheel.com and head over to at Backheeled on any social media platform and check out our coverage there as well. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon. 